Welcome to another interview episode of Sri Lankan Cricket Podcast. Today I'm here with my co-host Sohan um, and he's fresh from a win and he's hungry for more wickets. Uh, welcome back at the most wanted cricket broadcaster and a podcaster in the world at the moment. <laughs> he's, uh, he's good enough to join us in between his interviews with Jeremy Kyle um, at the BBC. <laughs> welcome back Mark Machado. Thanks for having and, me, guys. Uh, and we are joined by the co-creator of uh, Murulian Podcast. He's a journalist and a freelance uh, producer. And most importantly, he's the best mate of Jimmy the Goat Anderson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Toby Steve. Hey, guys. You're okay? You both hey, can you. sign on the screen when uh, to give you five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lads. Oh, God. You're, you're too much today. <laughs> I'm going red. I'm blushing. Yeah. You can't see that on the on the um, audio, obviously, but yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. Are you doing? Thanks. What's the mood like in Australia at the moment? Uh, mixed reaction, I guess. So you see, heard today news coming out. Um, I mean, Ashes is in full swing. Um, just a small change in leadership over here. Um, so it's kind of uh, people sitting on the fence on which way it should go. So. But near Australia heading in a new direction with um, Pat Cummins taking over, um, Smith as his backup. Um, but yeah, overall, everyone's keen to get, I mean, want Ashes to kick off straight away. We are pretty stoked because we smacked uh, West Indies in goal. So we're pretty I know, what, what a great <laughs> win that was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, right? Sorry, I know, I know you guys want to talk to the Ashes, uh, about the Ashes with us. We'll get on to that. I can't believe how bad West Indies' record is in Sri Lanka, right? I think that was their 13th test against Sri Lanka. They've never yeah. won in, in Sri Lanka. And I was like, considering how great a side the West Indies are and how many great players they've had and how at points Sri Lanka cricket can get pretty inconsistent, that's a pretty phenomenal record. Even during the cricket. 90s? They never won in the 80s or 90s? No, I don't. I, th- I think, like, actually, like, as much as I just big, bigged up West Indies cricket, there's like... I think there's a geopolitical point to make here as well, where Sri Lanka and West Indies, in terms of like size of kind of cricket infrastructure, is probably about the same. And yeah. because of kind of the way broadcast rights work, it's really difficult to get each those two countries to tour each other. So even during the 90s, in the 80s, when the West Indies were a top team, they never went to Sri Lanka, I don't think. Um, and in right. the 90s, it's... It, it, it barely ever happened. I mean... There just thank- wasn't enough money in it for both sides. Yeah, essentially, right? So the West Indies, to, to get Shame. a tour going to the West Indies, they need to get a big sponsor on board, right? So, I mean, like, the one place I really want to go watch cricket is Sabina Park, right? And yeah, yeah. It, because there isn't a Sandals resort in Sabina Park, quite often when England or Australia go over, they don't even have a test in Jamaica. Which to me is incredible, right? That's like you know, that's like going to uh, doing a tour for Australia and not playing the MCG. Like, why would you want to do it? Um, yeah. One of my dad's great dreams was always to go to uh, to the West Indies to watch cricket, to watch England play over there. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to go when he retires. Like taking that. I mean, I wouldn't. I say taking that. He'd pay for it. I wouldn't pay. <laughs> but <laughs> like to accompany him. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I'd like him to pay me to go there. <laughs> um, just quickly, Mark, on the West Indies, I mean, yeah, not being able to win in Sri Lanka, there was a series where Lara just dominated against Sri yeah. Lanka in a three-test match series, but we still won that easily. Like, Lara scored... Um, six runs. Yeah, six hundred oh, wow. plus runs. Yeah, in three-test matches. Yeah. Yeah. In when? What what yeah. sort of year was it? Um, Probably early two thousand. Yeah, early two thousands. Yeah. So you had Murali playing for you. Yeah, yeah. He dominated Murali. Was was a I think Was got more got wickets and set up the series as well. Uh, he got I think he got um, Gale out five out of six times or something in Whoa. that series. Was Chaminda Vas is probably like possibly the most underrated bowler of all time. I know, obviously, I'm biased because I'm a massive Sri Lanka fan. But yeah. w- because I think the problem is, is when people look back on that time for Sri Lankan cricket, most people, if you're not if, if you're not a, a fan like we like we are, 
you just think of Murley and you forget that actually Tremenda Vass was was doing absolute bits at the mm. other end as well. Yeah. And was the, the two of them in tandem were were incredible, weren't they? I think you're forgetting about Ashley Giles, mate, as the most underrated uh, <laughs> spin bowler in cricket history. <laughs> <laughs> oh god we would we would you know, if, if we had a different spin bowler in in 05 we would have won that that series five now no i'm yeah. being i'm being harsh he, he was he was not a bad player well he chipped in with the bat. Having... Uh, he did yeah he chipped in with the bat as well yeah Imagine Nessa Hussein having more bowlers up his sleeve other than ashley giles would have been i know so, well if only if only they sort of Graham Swan had figured it out a bit earlier, but yeah. So hard and Vida, you guys have in in your uh, cricket careers, you've you've played against some of the best batsmen Shrunk have ever had, right? Yeah. Uh, with, played with and played against. When you're going up and you're bowling against Mahalo or Sanga or, or Dilshan, what what it, what is it like? What, like what is going through your head? As you, as you, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Because um, like, I'll, I'll obviously never experience that. It's it's funny you say that uh, because Sri Lankan cricket circle it's very small, and um, you know you you see each other almost you know all the time, and you feel like oh you know it's it's normal but you're starstruck as well. It's a weird feeling, but um, especially when I started playing, you know when you play against Sanat and you know. Um, all these players you see so on TV, it's like oh, you can't you can't believe it, and wow. and in the same time you because they they act they don't act like superstars, you know. So you feel it's a bit weird. It's it's a weird feeling. What about you, Bora? Yes, spot exactly right. Number one is starstruck, especially when you get to bowl to guys like Sanat. Um, who played the longer part of his career. Because um, first thing you have in your head is the 96 World Cup, what he did there. And then you're just, oh, will he take me or shred yeah. me to pieces, number one? <laughs> but, um, and then the next generation of Mahela, Sangakkar and Dilshan. Uh, again, at training, you just love to see them. You try to get as close to them and listen to them, what they've got to say. And then um like all they say is to enjoy the game and keep it simple that's i mean we've heard it at different stages of all these great players and we're like it's easy for them to say how do we make it that easy for us that's what we're trying to find <laughs> but, but it's that's the thing you enjoy playing having the chance to play first class cricket and you get to you know play against the likes of them who are your guys' biggest scalps as ball? Have you have you ever got a big a big batsman out? Like even in nets, anything. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to go? Yeah, you can go. <laughs> Look how shy they've become. <laughs> hey, Tommy, like, imagine so me. You imagine if I got... with your with your name dropping, Tommy. <laughs> 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 that is my. I was. I was just thinking when you when we were talking about that. I was just thinking in my head. Um, the day I go for a net with Jimmy, like I just want to face, I want to face one ball from Jimmy Anderson, which I'm sure I will <laughs> at some point in my life. I want to face yeah. one ball of him going. I mean, I will be, I'll wear every sort of protection on my body. I look like an American footballer. Just going bubble wrap, innit? I want bubble wrap yourself. <laughs> I want one ball of his best. I want one ball that, like, because I mean, he, he, well, half the, crackers, full, full, you know, big in swinging. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or- in in swing, just an over. I'd like to face an over of, of just variation. Mate, Harvey. you've gone from wanting to face one ball to six. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, he can. He's actually got quicker. He can bowl at like he bowled at uh, ninety in the summer. I know, I know. Which is I incredible. mean, only only other bowler who I can think of bowling as quick as when he was younger was Brett Lee. You know, yeah. everyone else slowed down when they hit the hit the thirty. Yeah, 35, 36 EMR, and he's still bowling 135, 138, 140. So that's just consistently, that's pretty cool. Pure dedication. Anyway, tell, tell, tell us about your, I want to hear who you've got out, you guys. 
<laughs> now the thing is like um as bora said when you know when when you know that you're going to bowl at one of the good you know good likes jayasurya or sangakara or mahela everyone wants to get get the get that price wicket so there's a competition between between the bowlers to get get that as well <laughs> so yeah i got jayasurya out couple of maybe three times or something no, uh, wow yeah oh, in a game yeah in um, a game yeah 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 wow um, once you got him out twice did you know that there was a way to get him out um that, that's the that's the other thing you you see them on tv all the time right then you think oh hang on i'll i'll try it and see if it works and sometimes it works yeah why <laughs> <you> yes <laughs> <laughs> Do you just how did you get him? I'm I'm imagining like sort of teasing him outside the off stump or something, and then and then. Uh... Oh, well, I got him out with a bouncer one time. Maybe the ball didn't come, and he played it too early. Straight out. Oh, really? Like... Up in the air. <laughs> yeah, I remember that game because I played with with a pretty good yeah. player. So uh, that was the uh, comeback. Oh, he was looking at the World Cup selections at that time. Yes, know. yes. It was a rain-affected game, and the yeah. pitch was a bit, you know, a bit iffy. I was like, "Oh, this is my chance." Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say anything to you afterwards? Was he like, uh, "Short, shot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Boys with Ashes kicking off. What's the mood in I mean, you got close insights into what's happening out there. Is the is it what's the mood up there? I think um it's fair to say I think things change like the perfect scenarios England T20 World Cup champs coming into Australia looking to dominate the Ashes, but Australia out of nowhere pinched the cup they they probably came here and now they look to be slightly ahead in if you take that win um, yeah uh, but I'll, just... I'll, I'll, I'll give you my take then I'll let Tommy come in because I come from it from a slightly different angle because I yeah. um neutral when it comes to the ashes um no you're not you want I, to I, win <laughs> shut up come I on. well I was on them to win right Let, let's be honest Australian cricket isn't isn't going to f- find a fan in, in Sri Lankan cricket fans or, or English or some... A Sri Lankan person who's been born and raised in England is going to struggle yeah. to ever support the Australian <clears throat> cricket team, right? Um, yeah. But my take on it is this, right, is that actually England white ball team is doing relatively well, right? Okay, they didn't win the T20, but T20 is a bit hit or miss, right? Um We've already but, said up. We said on the Murali M mark that that World Cup was a write off anyway. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and but the the Test side that was playing over summer, and basically since the Test side got back from Sri Lanka in January or, or finished their Sri Lanka tour in January, has basically gone from disaster to disaster, as as far as I can see. There doesn't seem to be apart from Tommy's best mate Jimmy. <laughs> uh, not, not many of the other players seem to be in a huge amount of form. Stuart Broad was out injured missed most of the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joe, Joe Root, I think he's he's doing too much. Um, he's having to carry Joffrey. the team and, and, and captain the team. Yeah, Joffrey. He's the Joffrey's best batsman out. in the world right now, though, like test batsman. Yeah. Um, and, but I think there's too much uncertainty around where everyone else bats, apart from Joe at the moment. Um, and... Going into it, they're not really sure who the openers are. So I think there's actually quite a lot of pessimism. The other thing I will say is, and as I said, you know, I've been born in Asia. Essentially, when England go out to Australia for the Ashes, they expect to lose. Um, and the, living in England through through the 90s and being a cricket fan, it was tough. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if you were an English cricket fan in the 90s, I mean, cricket would like just absolutely... The, the team just absolutely faded away, um, yeah. and and they you know they they kind of they, they, they've made a comeback since. But I think that residual memories of of getting hammered by classic Australian teams from the nineties and early noughties is still there, and that that kind of at this point is is still kind of the the main kind of memory. 
and the main thing that people think about going into an Ashes in Australia. What do you think, Tommy? To be fair, everyone got battered by that Australian team. They're arguably the greatest test team of all time. Like the, the, them and them and the West Indies of the of the seventies uh, and eighties. But I, I'm you know me. I'm I'm always a glass half full person. So I'm always going to go into something you know positively and optimistically. Uh, having said that, uh, <laughs> um, no, I do. I, I don't worry about. I think the series against India. Um, did, there were so many injuries, especially in the bowling. Uh, Robinson and Jimmy had to take the lion's share of of the overs. Uh, they obviously didn't trust Overton, so I don't know. I don't really understand why he was picked. Obviously, Stone was injured, Broad was injured, Archer was injured, and Stokes was injured. Everyone's mindset changed. My mind massively did. The day that Ben Stokes, when he was he was teasing, wasn't he, leading up to it, putting videos of himself in nets, and it seems from the operation he's had that the injury that was sort of, funnily, you know, you didn't think you could hold him back as he is, but apparently it was holding him back, so... He's going to be even more free to express himself and hopefully feel fit as long as he's mentally stable. So Ben Stokes coming back was a massive moral boost and a massive boost in the team in the sense that you've got an all-rounder and you can pick the team a bit around that now. Um, So there's that. But I'm actually... I was just talking to my housemate, Sam, who's um, another panellist on the Murley end, and he said the first ever episode he was on because I, we, we were saying about Pat Cummins being captain. I woke up to that news and I said, I called it. I've been saying it for a year and a half now, two years. And Sam said, yeah, the first ever episode of Murley End uh, that I was on, that I, I'd said Pat Cummins should be the captain. And that's only just from, from listening to the grey cricketer and other Australian... I, I read quite a lot into the Australian cricket press and... Everyone seems to have said, everyone who knows the players in and around the camp has said he should be he should be the guy, he should be the next guy. Um, and there was so much rumours and so much talk of absolute disarray in the Australian camp. And then they go and win that World Cup. And now Langer, instead of looking like a dead man walking, is looking like a hero. Suddenly, Tim Payne, they have an excuse to kick him out of a terrible not a terrible captain necessarily, although he has made some very iffy errors. Um, you look back in the 2019 Ashes, there was there was more than one big, big, like, wrong call on his head. Um, an average wicketkeeper, I think Nathan Lyon said he's the best wicketkeeper in the world, which is absolute nonsense. He's, he's not even in the top five for me. So an average wicketkeeper, a terrible batsman, and a, an okay captain, an excuse to kick him out of the team is just a blessing in disguise for them. And then they can make the right man captain, Pat Cummins. And I'm I'm actually worried now that he's the captain rather than Steve Smith. If it had been Steve Smith, I'd be like, great, like more of the same. They could go into, uh, they can capitulate at any time. So I'm actually worried that it's Pat Cummins. Um, so what I'm trying to say here is uh, England to win 3-2. <laughs> not really no i don't what, know I, so I, I, you reckon I, I, they'll lose at the gabba or so i get you the gabba mate we'll get you back at the gabba uh i i i don't know i think i think it would look a lot different should had off Joffre Archer been fit, I think he mm. could have been he could have been a match winner. He could have been a series winner, to be honest, over in Australia. Um, I so looking at our bowling attack, you've got unless Mark Wood, you're not going to get more than two tests out of him. Sadly, we could do with five tests out of Mark Wood over in Australia, um, but I don't think it's going to happen. So. I think you've just got to play him at the start and see how he goes and just get as much, extract as much as out of him as you can. I think Broad and Jimmy will sort of, they might be looking at it like it could be our last tour. 
So they'll be giving absolutely everything. Like they'll be squeezing every ounce of, of, of themselves. And we all know Jimmy, we all know, how, you know, we were just saying about how he's possibly bowling the fastest he's ever bowled. Like his dedication to it, it it's just ridiculous. So there might be that extra edge, that extra mental edge. You're like, come on, let's win one last series over there. It'll probably be the biggest accomplishment of both of their careers. However, again, having said that, like they're not gonna, they're probably not gonna play every test. And it, do the conditions suit them? I don't know. But Jimmy seems to be getting better and better. So I think he he could figure out a way to win anywhere, to be honest, and get wickets anywhere. So yeah, we'll see. I'm, I, I'd be. As an optimist, I'd be happy with like a 2-1 or 3-2 loss, to be honest, on, in the series overall. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, what do you guys think? Well, as I said earlier, when, when England came three weeks back, I thought they don't, have, they don't have a chance. But now with all these new developments and all that... Um, because they'll have to find a wicket keeper as well into that setup, right? Yeah. And yeah. a middle order batsman. They don't know who's going to bat at number five, Australia. So you're right. Like Jimmy, uh, Broad, and Wood, they'll at least have to play four test matches if England wants to win this, right? And uh, Jimmy at Adelaide with the underlights, with the pink ball, yeah. will be crucial. Um, but that ball, Australian bowling attack, you know, they got pace, they got Nathan Lyon. He's very good at home. So I don't know. I still think Australia is favorites. What do, do you think, think Bora? Go on. Yeah, comparing the bowling, Australia ahead. Because yeah. um, I know England, the bowlers we announced, can they get 20 wickets is a question that will, I mean, we'll have to see. Because especially over here, I guess it's the pace that is the speed that is a big factor out here because um, they play on good hard tracks. Mm. If you're bowling at 80, what, 80 miles an hour, they generally run over here because uh, the wickets are good. And um, whereas Australia pushing the 90 mile uh, mark with their three bowlers and a good off spinner who's done well. Um, so they, they, at the moment, that's what's helping keeping Australia ahead of the pack. Um, so starting off, that's where I see it as a bit of an advantage for Australia. Uh, again, the wicket keep is a big factor because you need someone stable behind. Um, so otherwise, no point having good bowlers. Uh, it off very fast. So I think the people they at the moment talking about is Alex Carey, um, who seems to be a front runner. Uh, yeah, English, English would be more. I mean, Wade Matthew Wade's in the mix as well, but I think Alex Carey is slightly ahead uh, of that pack. Um, so that's where the unsettling if um, with for England we, they don't have an out and out spinner that they can come out on. So I think that will be a factor here. Um, I was surprised that the leg spinners wasn't picked. You know, Parkinson, Matty Parkinson, and or oh, I mean before it was I've been Mason going on Craig, about this for ages. Yeah, yeah, it was a shocker. And Parkinson played. In Sydney, great cricket, and he was a good success there. I think that was his pathway to getting into the English setup. Because um, this is just, I mean, this goes a long way back. Because when Parky went out to play for Gordon Cricket Club um, in Sydney, I played a couple of games with the overseas or the overseas players who that Gordon signed up were one was myself and. Parky and he he followed wow. on the route of Mason Crane because Mason Crane was a success story there. That's how Mason played the Sydney Test match because he was just out and out. Um, so wow. I was surprised not to 
one of those two. I mean, pa Crane was more injured, I think. So, but Parkinson should have uh, been in that squad. Is what I see. Unless uh, he's he's traveling with the squad, I think. So he might make a late appearance. He's in the Lions squad, but um, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like he's got a bit. When Shane Warne, like arguably the greatest of all time, the greatest leg spinner of all time, says, yeah. Um, says they've got to pick him. Why aren't they picking him? We would fear him. Then you're yeah. just like, well, why? He's he's completely right. I'm a Lancashire fan. I'm a Lancashire member. So I've yeah. been watching him for a, a few years now. I've been watching him and Livingston for a few years. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd actually have Livingston in, in, the, in the squad, to be honest, just because of, you know, like Jimmy, Jimmy said, he actually always saw him as more of a Red Bull player at the start of his career, yeah. like from coming up at mm-hmm. Lancashire. And I thought he was going to go that way from watching him too. Um, so just, you know, if someone's in form, and I know white ball and red ball doesn't always translate, but if someone's in form, sometimes they're just seeing the ball right, then you just pick them, which is why I'm surprised um, that Australia, I know he's in the, the again, like the equivalent of the Lions, the largest squad, but um, Mitch Marsh, um, because... I can't remember what Australian player was saying it, but some someone was saying that uh, you know he's hitting the ball better than they've ever seen anyone hit the ball. Yeah. And if he's yeah. if he's doing that, and if he's you know what it's like from play, if you seen if the ball looks big, if he's seen the ball and he's and he's hitting it, whether it's in white ball or red ball, the form coming out of the World Cup, like I, I'd pick him. Like I, I don't know what what do you what's the thoughts over there on like Travis Head and. Um, Kwaja and but then Miss Mitch Marsh not bit like I don't particularly fear Travis Head as an as an England fan, but then I've heard Ricky Ponting praising him, and I don't really disagree with much that Ricky Ponting says. So. <laughs> Bora's bit disappointed because they didn't pick Kawaja as the captain. Yeah, he, we are in the Kawaja camp. So yeah, Kawaja's <laughs> great. The, <clears throat> the, what what do you guys think about having a fast bowler as captain as well? I think having yeah, Steve Smith as vice captain helps because you know there will be times he he can't think straight because obviously I was I said this in our podcast as well. Pat Cummins is the workhorse in that team. You know he if there is no other option, he'll have to bowl a, a session without mm. stopping. So so it's a good thing they went with Steve Smith as Vice captain. Otherwise, it's it's really tough. If you are a fastball, it's really tough. And you had to be. You said Mark would won't be won't be playing five test matches, and you know Pat Cummins. He has to play as the captain. You had to play five test matches. It's and you are a fast. You you are the leading. You're number one bowler in the world at the moment, and you can't have a break. You can't have a break. So Jimmy really said tough. about Cummins that he that he was asked who would be if you had to take three players from the Australia team and put them in the England team um, who would they be and why and he said Pat Cummins and no one else because <laughs> <laughs> he said he's the only one that he likes as a person but Jimmy doesn't all... like anyone Jimmy he no, doesn't Jimmy's like a... anyone that's Jimmy's big a... Jimmy's a stubborn old Englishman isn't he he's, yeah. he, he doesn't the thing is he doesn't play in the white ball tournaments does he so he hasn't you know got I think him and Broad are very much very sort of 80s, 90s in their in their mentality, which I like, you know, as a, as a fan, I think that's great. Like just those players who just flat out don't like Australians. <laughs> well, uh, what do you lads think of Marnus as well? Because I think he's uh, he's an interesting character. I was surprised that people were were calling for him to be captain as well because he doesn't strike me as having a personality that that would be necessarily make a good captain, but. In Australia, I was looking, um, I was reading, there was a good documentary of Ricky Pont in how he changed his ways as well. And generally over here, Australian test captains gig is the toughest gig or, I mean, it's the biggest thing next to the prime minister or, you know, the next, that's how highly it's regarded. So, um, it will be interesting uh, with um, Pat Cummins taking over. Like five, playing five test matches is going to be a big challenge for him um, to see how he goes. 
Manas, I think we've discussed before, is the leadership before. We I don't we haven't seen him in leadership roles, so um, that'll be more of a long-term prospect if it turns into a captaincy. I mean, generally, uh, you want to be captaining through your pathways and build it up. That's where we saw um, a guy like Kawaja would have been ideal. He's, he has that um, leadership there. Even Travis said to a certain extent. Uh, has, but then the both of them don't have a permanent spot in the eleven, So that kind of, I think, phased them out. Um, Smith factor would be interesting because we've seen how involved he is in on the field when it comes to the game. So some kind of, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of people happy with what he's been doing as a player or as a vice coach, you know, playing in that leadership group. They're saying, look, it's a captain's duty. He can't be making those changes as much. So that will be highly, uh, it will be highlighted during this series a lot. Um, to see, look, who's in control of this team. Is it Pat Cummins or Smith? Uh, that will be the one that will be highly, I mean, scrutinized. Um, yeah. So, for us, like, I'm surprised that they went, I mean, over here, everyone was talking about Pat Cummins coming through, but it's just the fact of him playing five test matches, the workload, the pressure that he's on to him, it's going to be immense. He's, for me, as a player, he's an amazing athlete. Uh, still, like him, uh, the best highlight I've seen of a, a moment where we talk about fitness and agility of a player is against India in a test series. I think it was at the MCG or um, can't remember what the game was. I think he pulled off a run out into the 85th over after bowling for a full day. Uh, from mid-on, he ran handed picks it up and throws the stumps down and I mean as fast balls with you probably know at the at around the 80th 75th over we close shop we just <laughs> not from the roll and this guy just charged in did the stump that was an amazing moment that I noticed and I think um, that's how much of a good athlete is he is now it's exciting to see what he brings in role um I'm I'm done after I've bowled four overs. You, you, you won't catch me fielding. You won't catch me running for for catches or. Joey, Joey, that's in England. He's talking about in Sri Lanka. You, you bowl one no and then say. <laughs> but you can't breathe because of the heat, man. <laughs> I I think the English batters will be will too. I know they've got funny or I mean techniques are not the traditional methods, but because the wickets are flat, they'll get away with it. I have a feeling. So yeah, um, I, I I think like I, I think Mark said earlier about um, us being unsure about our openers, but I think the fact that Sibley hasn't. He, like he he's not going to be there, and the fact that we've picked Hamid shows that that is what we're going with, and that's what we're sticking with, and that's what we're that's what we're doing going forward. Which yeah. I prefer. I'm I'm glad we we know the two that it's going to be. It's going to be Burns and Hamid, rather than yeah. messing around with um, Crawley or Sibley. I just I don't think you can have. I think Sibley will be a good test player going forward, but I don't think you can have two people with that ugly, unconventional <laughs> techniques <laughs> for two openers. I said you can't have simply and Burns opening test. No, players. no. It's, it's just like... like it, it's, the, it's the, a, other thing, the other thing I want to say is, to test cricket. <laughs> I, I, think, I think England, over the last kind of 18 months or so, have really lacked good man management. And actually, you see players come in, get big scores, and then within like three or four tests after that, they're at the side. I mean, Hamid, Sibley are like two great examples of this. I mean, Moen Ali's the ultimate example where his test career is just kind of all over the place, isn't it? I mean, I, I totally understand. You know, I, I think they should have probably taken Moen Ali on this, on this series. Yeah. If, you know, if for no other reason, I think he's just a great figure to have in your squad from what you see in the he wouldn't have gone there but, mean, but he's done with it yeah and, and you can totally see why he's done with it right because they you know players come in 
They, Marinelli like got man of the match in a hundred game, and within twelve hours was in the was in the England squad for a test a test match that was started seventy two hours later against India. Right, the the man management around the England team sometimes has been absolutely disastrous. I mean, we're saying this just hours after Tim Payne has had to take a break from cricket. Um, so so maybe JL's management isn't isn't the greatest either. But I do feel for some of the the England the England Test players as well because I think uh, it must be really tough in that environment at the best of times. And you look at someone like Hamid and you're like, he's a young guy. I just feel he needs an arm around him, a coach to go. Do you know what? I think you're a really great cricketer, and I'm I'm going to put you in the side. And we're not even going to talk about you know what where you bat other than opening or where you, or your place in the team till the end of next English summer. Um, yeah, I, I think. There's a lot of um, question marks over the the coaching setup, and Silverwood um, seems like a good guy. And I, I think, in terms of um, man management captains, I think that Joe Root is as good as any. But I think it's just a shame that his on-field strategy and captaincy um, is as bad as any. <laughs> um, I, th- I think it, it's it's the thing with Joe Root is. Is that he's he's got to do too much. It's you know what you guys are saying about Pat Cummings having to bowl X amount of overs and, and get the wickets yeah. and, and make those kind of match winning scenarios. But I think that's the case with Joe Root when it comes to to, to batting as well. For it's been done before though, surely. Like I'm I'm trying to think tough. Uh, well, I was gonna say Ponting, but then I suppose he had you know Michael Clark and and um Gilchrist supporting him, you know, world-class all around him. So, yeah, maybe it's slightly different. But, um, no, I just think my thought on, I I mean, I've said this for years, like, I think it's not going to happen now, but you just get Owen Morgan involved in the test setup in in some form, like even if he's a specialist captain um, or as soon as he retires, because he's probably not far from that, just get him as the England coach, just because he, he's, you know, what he did with that white ball team to turn it around in four years and make them the best, like mm-hmm. not, not just the best in the world, possibly the, the greatest of all time. Like it, it is crazy. He's, he's a captaincy leadership sort of tactical genius in cricket in my eyes. So if, if as soon as he retires, I'd get him involved. In, I just, I don't rate Silverwood. I don't really know what he, and he's not had long in the job. So, you know, I'm probably speaking too soon and he's, he deserves more of a chance, but I, I don't really know what he's bringing to the role as coach. Yeah. Bring I in Mickey a- Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a job. <laughs> I was going to ask you, because we're talking about captaincy and Pat Cummins taking over and your good mates with the, Best fast bowler going around. Was that ever a thought? Or Are you made with Chimera? For Jimmy. Any thought? Jimmy captaining, or I mean, was that ever something no. that was no. too grumpy? Yeah. He's... <laughs> <laughs> I have been, uh, there have been some tail enders recordings where I've seen his. Um, I've seen his grumpiness in full in full flight, um, where he's simply just like he'll just give one word answers, and it's like we're trying to record a podcast here, Jim, and he's just like, no, nope. yes, no, and it's like, come on, mate, this is our job. I know you've got other things to be doing, but um, I think for the fact that he's never really been, um, he's never really been touted. He's a I mean, I've never spoken to him about it, but I, 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 I remember just this is just on him being grumpy. But we'd had a night out after a Tailenders live show, and um, we were all pretty drunk. And I'd he'd been. It was only the second or third time I'd, I'd hung out with him, and he'd been really lovely to me um, up until that point. He was quite shy at first, just but you know, once he he gets to know you, he opens up a bit. So I pushed my luck at the end of the night. We were in like a chicken shop in um, uh, where would be near Hackney Mark. In, Shoreditch in or somewhere. Somewhere like that. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, I said, we were just like, 
he's like oh help yourself he just had like chicken and chips so i was just like oh nice one mate like just like grabbed a piece of chicken and ate it and then i was about to go like back to my hotel it was like 2 a.m or something and i just said hey jimmy jimmy and I've, I've, i went to do do you remember when they used to do the sprinkler oh, yeah. the sprinkler <laughs> <laughs> I was like, jimmy jimmy and he just went <laughs> he just went oh. Nope. <laughs> like, go on, go to bed. <laughs> I was like, sorry, yeah, push my luck. <laughs> but he, just out yeah. of interest, when you're out with Jimmy on a night out in London, in East London, does he get recognised much? No, because he's. I mean, I suppose he's with. Uh, you know, Greg James is there as well, and I don't really know who who would be more recognisable to the British public. It, I guess, mate, it, it's a pretty depressing question to even ask right that England record wicket taker one of the greatest fast bowlers of all time can go out in London and not get recognised the only reason I asked that right is because I remember there's um, a big entourage though I suppose oh, like, there? like when I've been out there's been like 20-30 people there including Jack Leach no one is recognising him <laughs> um, when you know you know, in between when it, it, <laughs> India played that test match with New Zealand in the world test final yeah. in the summer in England just gone and a lot of the India players had because of COVID had to stay in England till for about six weeks till um, the India series started. Yeah. And the India players were like, "Oh yeah, we just went off. We could bring if, if they had their families, they could just roam around England and no one recognised them." And I was like, "That's quite damning for cricket, really, isn't it?" That yeah, you know, Virat Kohli is going to Legoland and nobody's no no one noticed, recognizes him. Legoland. Um, <laughs> he's like, "There's no other cricket play, like playing nation in the world apart from maybe Ireland." Where you know Jimmy wouldn't be, you know, if Jimmy if Jimmy walked into the Crown Casino in Melbourne, most people would know who he was. Yeah. Right? Uh, no, I, I think like we are talking. Um, there, there, there is, there is an aura around him. Obviously, like when 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 he comes into work into into media city this is pre-pandemic and i'd i'd go and let him in and we'd get in the lift and stuff and um you know everyone's looking at him everyone because like not only is he jimmy anderson but he's he's a really handsome man as well but he, <laughs> he has like he has that aura about him that that some some elite sports people have but um i think he would be recognized generally like by you know half half the people um it's very different like when you're on a night out and everyone's drunk and there's a lot of you you probably don't even notice that people are noticing you to be honest because that night out i'm talking about there was like you know there was jack leach was there greg james felix white and then loads of people from from indie bands um in like falls and alt j and stuff who are probably in east london in that part of london are probably as famous you know what I mean? Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a niche example. Um, but what's it? Oh yeah, just on the capsy thing. I think like no, it's never interested Jimmy. I think um, whenever those talks come up, and, a, and a, it's always Broad who's mentioned more. Like I think Jimmy just wants to, and it, it, I don't think Broad would. I think Broad would have done it if he was asked at some point. But um, I think it, it's it's too late for that now. But no, Jimmy's always just. I think he's just bowling, bowling, bowling. I think he doesn't even, yeah. to the point where, um, as you saw against Bumrah in the summer, he's he's not even focusing on it. I don't think he even bothers <laughs> practicing batting anymore. Only his reverse sweeps, I think. His reverse sweeps, yeah. <laughs> the best reverse sweep in the world. <laughs> uh, Stuart Broad as well comes across in the British press I'm not saying that other cricketers don't think like this but when he's he does commentary on the 100 and other one day stuff he comes across more as a strategist as well um, yeah. and it, I know is, is his sister still one of the analysts for, for the England team I don't know right that, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, so, he, and on the fame level actually that's another just an interesting he's probably as famous as any cricketer over here because he's got a celebrity girlfriend right yeah, he, he goes out for a, a pop former pop star. Okay. Yeah, Molly from the Saturdays. Have you signed a few autographs for me? I say in your the next 
fast bowler after Jimmy Anderson when you're out together. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. <laughs> you signed a few autographs in the next. He just pretends there. to be Jack Leach. Just sorry. <laughs> <laughs> JL, hold on. <laughs> there you go, Jack Leach. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, um, yeah, I uh, no, I just, I just have to take pictures. People will be trying to do selfies, and I just go, "Give it here, I'll take the picture." <laughs> By the way, I'm Jack Leach. <laughs> <laughs> You might remember me for my one. <laughs> What's the mood like in Australia in terms of like, uh, are they, even after all the Tim Payne stuff, I'm guessing it's still really optimistic. I was in Australia in 2013 um, for, for rugby related stuff, but it was just as the Australian team were getting ready to come over for the 2013 Ashes. And they, I think they'd sacked, the, I can't remember who the, oh, actually, I think it was Mickey Arthur who they sacked. And got Darren Le- uh, Lehman in, um, and but the Australian press. Firstly, it seems to be a bigger a bigger story than at the time the I think the Prime Minister of Australia was changing in quite a dramatic moment in the in, in Canberra, and uh, the cricket news seemed to dominate the, the the Australian news more than the political news. But they were still optimistic that they were going to win the Ashes. They didn't, but um, I, I was like quite taken aback how they could go into a series with all this chaos happening and still be like, yeah, we'll still win it. England are terrible. They think, they think they can win it, but it's been like, everyone's been distracted for the last, last few days, you know? So, because everyone's in shock. So it's like, it's like they don't know what to do at the moment, but. Cause, cause I'm innocent. I didn't really understand the Tim Payne thing when I, um, when it first me broke, because I was just like, it seems to me like the texting was consensual. And then out of nowhere, he just sent this girl a dick pic, right? Is that, that's what's happened, isn't it? And I don't, I just like, this is a bit weird, no? Well, it, like, well this was like five years ago and they, they had an inquiry and, and they said, you know, they, they closed the case and, all of a sudden, it reappeared. So it's so he threw him under the bus because clearly somebody didn't want him to to be in the team. Barmy army. No, it wasn't, it wasn't the Barmy army. They're really. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Pat Cummins, maybe Pat Cummins. No, he's too, he's too nice a guy. He's too nice a guy. No, no, it's very surprising. Looks like it's been happening. Or oh, don't know. I think there have been few things happening under the radar where there's probably trying to keep them quiet and maybe Tim Payne said this is it I've had enough can't be this person can't be just you know and came out of the blue and said this has to stop so um, pretty unfortunate uh, what was it seen in the media and you could see what he's been up to um, so Again, we I think still can't put a, now it's cricket Australia, cricket Tasmania pointing fingers at each other saying what's going on. So it's it's pretty much unraveling out in the media what's happening. Um, but it's don't know this person uh, to what extent has been happening. But I think behind the scenes there's been something pretty serious. I'm not. I'm. I think it's an ex-employee. I don't think. She, this person's working for Cricket Tassie anymore. So, uh, right. So, yeah. One Should thing we... is lot, lots of support uh, shown towards Tim Payne, like lots of, lots of parties. Yeah, Nathan Lyon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he looks, <laughs> he looks, no. He's not the best cricket <laughs> wicket keeper in the world. <laughs> Come on, Nathan. Come on, Gary. Maybe just do on the nice Gary bit coming back. So. <laughs> <laughs> do we, who do you think it'll be then, Wade or Carey, as as the keeper? I think Carey. Carey, yeah, yeah. That's who I'd go with if if I was an Australian selector, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the basis that Tommy's got to go, should we do? Ash's predictions and then move on to Yorkshire stuff quickly. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, so what do you guys do? You want to predict what you think the series score will be? Hey, I'll, I'll, well, I keep saying different ones, don't I? Let's go with. I'll, I'll go optimistic. Let's say um, two one England. So two draws in there. Bora, I'm going. Hold on. One, two. I think it'll be three one Brisbane, um, Sydney, and Perth to Australia. Adelaide to England, MCG a draw. That's probably more realistic. <laughs> I'm going to go 2 1. Two draws. One to England. So also. 2 1 to Australia. I'm going to say I think it's going to be 1 all and it will just end, end in uh, <laughs> Australia retaining it. Um, and it will be a pretty drab series because Australia haven't played much Test cricket at all, and England are, are not great. And I, yeah, I, I, big ball mark. yeah I, I worry about England trying to get twenty wickets without. I think the only way I, I know uh, Bora brought this up. But I think the only way they're going to do it is if one of their like- what every time one of their bowlers has got to have an exceptional innings. I don't mm. think they, it's it's spread for them to. To get it through, but you know it could happen. I suppose. Under lights, probably. I don't know. I don't think. Do England have a great record under lights? I mean, everyone's just talking about them like th- this day-night test as if it's a foregone conclusion. But I don't think they've won many under lights, have they? It just should favour our, our bowlers, shouldn't it? Well, that's, that's where you play. That's where I don't know. Maybe Wokes, Jimmy, and Broad all play. Yeah, Jimmy will do the bulk of the bowling. Yeah, as he should do. The old man, bless him. <laughs> hey guys, that's the end of the part one of the big mashup with the Burlian podcast. It's a lengthy episode, so we had to make it a two-part episode. Hope you enjoyed the part one and the part two will be released very soon. Thank you.